Today I'm talking with Donna Marie Cooper-O'Boyle, author of 52 Weeks with St. Faustina, A Year of Grace and Mercy, out from Marion Press. Donna Marie, it's good to have you with us today. Well, thank you so much, Chris. It's great to be here. I want to talk to you about kind of how how St. Faustina entered your life. How did you first meet your spiritual friend, St. Faustina? Well, that's a great question, and it's, it's a little bit hard to answer, actually, because um, I'm not exactly sure of the time and day, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, I, and I, I really consider her even more than a friend. I think of her as a sister, you know, and I believe that God puts certain saints in our lives. Um, you know, I think a lot of people have their favorite saints, and I, I don't think that's a coincidence either, yeah. you know, I think God puts them into our lives, and being an author and a speaker, I think God is sure to introduce, you know, certain saints uh, to me that He wants me to know about in particular, yeah. and uh, you know, in an intimate way, maybe, so that I can tell about them and share about their spirituality with others. And all the while, I believe that the saints, you know, touch my soul in a profound way too. So it's an interesting journey, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting to know, being part of the communion of saints for one thing mm-hmm. is, is so. So incredible and then you know we have this these friends you know and these sisters and brothers that we can call upon and so i don't know it was quite some time ago when i first learned about saint faustina so i don't know exactly the day or anything like that but i i believe god wanted me to know her mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, i think she became uh, quite a sister to me in the writing of this book in particular okay what attracted you to her divine mercy spirituality well, um, I think the simple answer would be Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. You know, I really believe that it was through, you know, searching through my life and through prayer. And, you know, there was a crooked path in my life, just lots of challenges, lots of different things. And especially during the prayer to Jesus at his feet, you know, while mm-hmm. adoring him, blessed sacrament, I really came to know, uh, you know, more about his divine mercy. And so I think, you know, it's a lifelong journey, um, and it, it is a definite attraction, as you say, um, to his divine mercy. So, and it also um, continues to grow, I think, the, mm-hmm. the knowledge of it, the, the you know, uh, um, just becoming more familiar with it. And as I research, too, in my writings and learn about um, more and more about St. Faustina and the divine mercy and, you know, our divine mercy Pope, St. John Paul II, you know, I just learned so much more about it. So, um it's so attractive. I think it's, it's, it's so necessary divine mercy in our spiritual life. So I'm just very thankful to God that he introduced me to it. Okay. But Faustina had so little education and, and this is known to us from her own kind of acknowledgement and, and what we know of her life that she had just three semesters, I think of education. Is there really enough in her writings to spend a whole year with her? that's a great question too but i think that one year is not even enough Mm -hmm. you know truly um but one year does help us to slow down to pause to pray you know to take it in to apply it to our own spiritual lives Mm -hmm. and and be encouraged um to carry out works of mercy so like you know not that every waking moment we're going to be doing a whole year of learning in and divine mercy but it's written in a way that you know, we can really ponder each of these um, topics during each chapter, which is supposed to 
you know, encompass a week's time. So we, mm-hmm. we read it, learn about it, and then we can ponder those things, mull them over mm-hmm. during the week. But, you know, St. Faustina, as you said, she's not well educated according to the books yeah. and the, the time spent with teachers because she had roughly really only a year and a half of schooling because, you know, the custom of the older children leaving to make room for the little ones. So that's what mm-hmm. she did. But the wisdom, you know, of St. Faustina, which she scratched across those pages of the diary, is almost too much to take in. I think it's extraordinary. Mm. You know, this humble nun, you know, yeah. our sister in Christ, she really, she learned from Jesus himself. So, and not only that, she learned so much through God's grace within the nitty gritty details of her daily life at home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when knocking on the doors of the convents to try to enter religious life, and then while in the convent. So she went through a lot, you know, dealing with, dryness and prayer doubt persecution that she experienced ridicule mm-hmm. you know pain suffering the sickness and two dark nights you know in the spiritual life so she certainly learned a lot about yeah. redemptive suffering and turning to jesus immediately um and also our mother mary so you know prostrating herself so often before the blessed sacrament and she wholeheartedly wholeheartedly surrendered herself to Jesus. She didn't know any other way. You know, she, she was raised, you know, you know, a Catholic and a prayerful young woman, but she learned so much within those details of life and within the rejections and the sufferings and all of that. So these Mm -hmm. are things she learned, not in that little bit of um, formal schooling, but she learned to surrender her heart. She learned so much about trusting Jesus. And in addition to learning from Jesus himself, because he even gave her private retreats, which, you know, I put in the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talked about that in the book, but um, she also learned, you know, from mother Mary who took her on as um, you know, took this young nun under mm-hmm. her man, took her in as her own daughter and pupil. So these amazing uh, teachings and wisdom that she learned from Jesus himself and his Holy mother mm-hmm. and within the experiences that uh, our Lord allowed her to experience. Um, this is a lot. That yeah. she, there's so much there that she teaches us, you know? So like I said, it's, it's more than, uh, I mean, way more than a year's worth of meditation. I think mm-hmm. that's probably just scratching the surface with this book, but I, but I hope and pray it does delve into, you know, some important aspects of the religious life, of the spiritual life for us to learn from her. So let me, let me follow up some of those comments with you then. You have written a number of books kind of exploring making ordinary life holy. You Mm -hmm. have explored things like Fatima, where Our Lady appeared to three shepherd children. You've written Mm -hmm. about Faustina. What is it about Jesus and the faith that, that is so intent upon the sacred and the ordinary? the greatness coming from the lowliest. Three shepherd children, uneducated. Why not the king of a country? Why not the, the president? Why not someone that we we worldly people would think are important? What is it about the lowly that the Lord loves so much? Mm. Well, God loves the lowly and our Lord raises the lowly. He's always, like you mentioned, the three shepherd children, you know, so the innocence, that pure heart, that faith, you mm-hmm. know, um, it was their, their strong faith that really uh, moved them to be able to believe in Our Lady and what she had told them and all of her lessons and everything. The Angel of Peace the year before and then Our mm-hmm. Lady the 
the year of 1917. So the children, um, the, the simple hearted, the, you know, the uneducated, like St. Faustina, mm-hmm. you know, but look, what, look what God does. He, he raises her to not only, um, you know, a beautiful, holy young woman, a young nun, but mm-hmm. a saint and his secretary of divine mercy. Now she became, it's almost ironic, became, he called her his secretary. Yeah. Now she didn't have any education. She had to learn to read and write. And she was his secretary. I have a feeling she's, I shouldn't say this, but you know, maybe someday she'll be a doctor of the church because mm-hmm. of this a mammoth mission that she's, that was entrusted to her, you know? Yeah. So God lifts the lowly. God uses the lowly. Uh, he only uses the humble hearted. And so we all need to strive so hard, you know, through God's grace to become mm-hmm. holy and humble. You know, he wants our humility. And, you know, one way we can be humble before him is like St. Faustina to prostrate ourselves down on the floor, you know, yep. and say, well, you know, I give everything to you. You are God, not me. You yeah. know what I need. You are the divine physician knows exactly what I need and when I need it. Because if I were to get all those things I wanted to get, I'd be like a spoiled child who might never make it to heaven. So, you know, we have to have that innocence. We have to have, you know, Jesus says, bring the children to me. And so we have to have that childlike heart and that love Mm -hmm. of him and that trust in him to be able to be used by him. You know, um, he calls the lowly. So what you're saying is that, that, Faustina and and the children of Fatima and it, it seems like the faith itself sort of we we might expect that only the great the powerful the really smart whatever could be saints but you seem to be saying that instead it's the very ordinariness of our lives that makes it more capable of great holiness is that right is that what Faustina yeah. teaches us yes I love the way you said that Chris because it's exactly within the nitty-gritty details of our daily lives where we work out our salvation for instance, like for a family, a parent, a, a child, you know, the whole family, mm-hmm. we work it out within that domestic church, within the details of life, within that give and take, within that forgiveness, you have to dole out over mm-hmm. and over and over again, because, you know, we're, we're works in progress, we're all yep. works in progress, wherever we are, whatever state of life. So for instance, in the domestic church, you know, we make mistakes, but we forgive one another, we learn the virtues, you know, so whatever you know, state of life, whatever profession, vocation, you know, religious or the priesthood or, or the laity, um, you know, we're, we're all works of, in progress. We're all supposed to be working on our salvation in this world so mm-hmm. we can enter eternal life. So wh- where does that happen? You know, some might say, well, I'm not, you know, going to the other side of the world and, and changing the world. Um, I'm stuck here in the convent or in the house. And what can I do? Well, what you can do is be obedient to your state of life like the the saints have done you know they were normal people they stumbled they fell but they knew obedience was very important they being obedient to your state of life means just doing it as well as you can doing what you're Mm -hmm. supposed to do and don't slack (laughs) don't don't uh you know do it in a mediocre way or half-hearted way put your full heart put your full heart into what god is calling you to do so he lets us all do this in so many ways um whatever walk of life we have every single person in every walk of life can become holy and saint faustina shows us that in in all of the saints really in Mm -hmm. all of the the way they worked out their salvation through god's grace through being obedient to their state of life okay but let's also just 
bring in divine mercy directly. Like, this isn't a spirituality that says, in order to be a saint, you must never fall, right? This is something oh. that people can actually do. Oh, right, exactly, especially for the people who do fall, because yeah. our Lord said, my mercy is for the greatest of sinners. So mm -hmm. not that we're, we should go out and do some terrible things and then say, oh, and wait till the last minute and say, oh, mm -hmm. well, God is God of mercy. He's going to forgive me. I don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. Of course, he's a God of mercy. Of course, he's a God of love. But he tells us to change our lives, to repent, to follow him, to pick up our daily cross and to follow him to be his disciple. Yeah. And so, yes, he, he is a God of mercy and his the divine mercy but you know we shouldn't gamble either you know and just mm -hmm. do it, throw caution to the wind and say ah it's okay you know yeah. I'll, I'll 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 say i'm sorry later i'll go to confession later no 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 yeah he is a, he is there for the most hardened of sinners but we need to turn our lives around and turn to god and then become the person he wants us to be so that we can show that mercy to the sinner, the person maybe no one else will reach out to. Mm -hmm. We're all we're all sinners, but there you know there are others who are so blinded or brainwashed or wounded or just so sorrowful that they don't know of God or they think God forgot about them. And we can be that bright spark of hope to yeah. them in the way that God has us live our lives to a complete stranger. Some little thing, little kind word or smile or anything like that with God's love behind it, can transform their lives. Okay. And some of this message, I think, is this part of what led you to write this book? The message of mercy? And of hope, I guess, in, in yeah. ordinary life. I think so, because I think the life that God calls me to, to do and to be is to help others get to heaven. So, yeah. you know, he puts that on my heart. I really believe he the way I explained it to this man on the airplane one time when he wondered how I reached out to this young woman who was really afraid and I didn't know he was noticing. And later he said, well, how did you do that? And I didn't know what he meant. And I said, I guess God puts a lot of love in my heart. I like to help people. I wanted to say it very simply. So he, and he started to cry. Hmm. Now you see, you know, God puts that love in our heart to, to help others get to heaven. And because you know, I want to help others get to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> he gives he gives me these inspirations to talk about and to write about his divine mercy and mm -hmm. his love. And and you know, like Our Lady of Fatima too, the message to change our lives and to turn to God and repent from sin and to pray for sinners. Mm -hmm. And you know, Jesus tells us to do the works of mercy in deed, word, and prayer to help, you know, bring others to him. So mm -hmm. You know, we pray for that love. We pray for that grace so that we can do everything we can on our part to not just slide into heaven by the yeah. skin of our teeth, but to, to be able to bring countless souls with us. So that's a long answer to your question, but I was trying to figure out how to answer it. it. It's just that, you know, we want to, we should want to help others. And, and because of that, you know, I write what I write because I'm trying to, mm -hmm. you know, reach people and let them know of this great love and mercy. Yeah. And, and how we can, you know, have it, too. <laughs> I think you're describing a really important dynamic in there, both of divine mercy spirituality is about receiving mercy, but it's also about sharing that mercy with others, that we're not yes. supposed to just have it for ourselves and sit there with it. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, otherwise, you know, we're just wallowing in God's love and mercy. And what are we doing? You know, he tells us faith without works is dead. and. Mm -hmm. He told St. Faustina, he actually said he demanded yeah. um, these deeds of mercy, these works of mercy. I, indeed, 
um, in word and in prayer. And he said, if you can't do it in deed, you know, some yeah. people are elderly or handicapped or cloistered away, or I don't know, um, you know, homebound is what I meant to say. And mm-hmm. some people might not be able to go out and actually do the deed, but the mm-hmm. deed could also be writing a letter or picking up the phone too. Yeah. Um, to give hope and love to someone and to pray, always pray. Yeah. And word, you know, the word that Jesus said, deed, word, or prayer, the word, you know, to always be loving and merciful. He wants yeah. us to always be loving and merciful. Always. That means in traffic. That means mm-hmm. <laughs> all the time, all the time, because we, he puts people in our lives, yeah. you know, day in and day out, even if we're stuck at home a lot, you know, the person who calls up, the person who shows up at the door, mm-hmm. the person in email or here or there, you know, the encounters, these opportunities unfold all the time, you know, for us to be merciful people. Yep. So if we're, if we're not merciful and God was counting on us to be that person, to reach that person, gosh, you know, I wouldn't, you know, I, I don't want to make God sad like that. So we should step up to the plate and we should pray that we can be that, that light to others. You know, we're not perfect. We, we can be frustrated. We could be tired. We can be Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, but in those cases, we can offer that tiredness, that sorrow, whatever it is. Say, Lord, please, please, you know, unite this with your passion, unite mm-hmm. this with, you know, with your love and mercy, and please help me, but help me to help that other person right now who's screaming at me or who's, you know, being obstinate or whatever the case may be. But please help me to be a merciful person. Yeah. Maybe that means not saying something right now. Maybe that means walking away. Maybe that means correcting are wrong you yep. know so god god puts us in these situations we just the key is to really pray to really really develop a life of prayer so that we can be a prayerful person so we can be a merciful person yeah what's what's your favorite theme or quote or bit from the diary that's so you know that's really hard because <laughs> there um there's so much um it, it's really hard to say but I would say one of them uh, in particular is uh, St. Faustina as a gatekeeper, you okay. know, the, the job, it's supposed to be the job of a simple person, if I may, you know, mm-hmm. you don't need a lot of smarts to answer the gate and to give food to, to the yeah. beggars. Thing. And she was in good company though, you know, Padre Pio, Solanus Casey, um, Therese mm-hmm. of Listu, uh, St. Andre Bissette. They were also gatekeepers. Well, a lot went on at the gate, didn't it? It wasn't yeah. just handing out a piece of bread or something like that, because especially with St. Faustina, she was always ministering to people. And she was criticized by, you know, this other nun there who said, oh, you're too kind to them or something mm-hmm. like that, because sometimes they'd come back for another helping. And St. Faustina would pretend she didn't know they were there already. And she would just give them some more food. And and she said, and then they opened their hearts to her. So but this one particular day, and I, I write about this in my book, 52 Weeks with St. Faustina, you know, it was a, a, a time when a beggar uh, came to the gate and, and rang the bell. And I saw that bell at the convent in Poland. I was so happy to see that bell. Uh, and I'll tell you why in a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was encased in glass. And I know you know why already. But um, anyway, so a beggar came and it was pouring rain and she gave him a um, a mug of soup and he devoured it right there at the gate and um she, she penned this in her diary she explains the whole encounter and to her say you know her to her great surprise she all of a sudden discovered that the poor man was really jesus uh, in disguise and then he vanished and 
later she reflected and prayed upon that. And Jesus said to her, my daughter, the blessings of the poor who bless me as they leave the gate have reached my ears and your compassion within the bounds of obedience has pleased me. And this is why I came down from my throne to taste the fruits of your mercy. And that's the diary of 1312. Mm -hmm. Can we even imagine this? This is the bell. The reason why it was exciting to see it when I was in Poland was because that's the bell that actually Jesus rang (laughs) in the form of the beggar. And you see, you know, Jesus tells us, and as he told St. Faustina, you know, the, the compassion she showed within the bounds of obedience. So that to us could mean also within the bounds of, you know, our state of life. Um, but she was a merciful person. She gave with love to that, to that poor man. And, and Jesus showed her and showed, shows us, you know, how he is that beggar. He is that person. It's the same as Mother Teresa firmly believed that each person she served was Jesus in disguise. Mm-hmm. She always said Jesus in the distressing disguise of the poorest of the poor. And so that's what we're called to do as a Christian, you know, to in our own family, start within our own homes and reach out to neighbors and community within the bounds of obedience. In other words, within the bounds of our state of life. And so that's a, a one of my favorite parts of the diary. Um is because you know here Jesus shows up in the form of that beggar, and it's it's how our lives should be that each person we serve, we, we should be serving Jesus. Yep. Hmm. So, in light of that, encountering other people as Jesus, how have you encountered the divine mercy in your own life? Yeah. So, it's that's that's hard to say because it's hard to pinpoint. You know. Um, you know. Maybe I should say divine mercy is not a new revelation, um, you know, given uh, just the St. Faustina's time, because God was always merciful and he just, you know, needed to, uh, he needed someone like St. Faustina to to propagate Mm -hmm. this um, to the world. And so mercy is always, God's mercy has always been there. And it's just like, I feel in my own life, God's mercy has always been there and, and, you know, he's been unbelievably merciful to Mm -hmm. me, a sinner. And I'm deeply grateful that, you know, throughout my whole life, he's thank God, you know, he's merciful to us because he gets us out of dark corners and he, um, you know, saves us through, through his great grace and divine mercy. And I think God's divine mercy is always working behind the scenes, but at times he allows us to experience it or to kind of see an action and I have seen, you know, some very powerful um, things and encounters have happened in my life. And, mm-hmm. you know, like just things, uh, too, in my ministry of speaking and uh, writing and traveling. And for an you know, example, um, like one time when I was giving a retreat, minister, well, like a lot of times ministering to people, complete strangers in the airport or on a plane or traveling around and amazing things happen. I mean, I wish we had a couple of hours, I can tell you. And I, I weave all mm-hmm. these in my in my books, but I'll just give you a quick little example of a, a woman um, who came up to me after hearing my retreat, a couple of talks that I gave, and she said, wow, you know, I just went to confession for the first tw- time in 20 years. And, um, and it was just this beautiful, I just saw this, I don't know, I just saw all God's loving mercy surrounding this woman. And it was just such a beautiful moment that he allowed me to experience too and knowing that here was this person who came back yep. to him through his divine mercy 
and after 20 years of not going to concussion. So God is always working the miracles. It's never us. It never has anything to do with our, you know, doing, but he needs us. He needs yeah. our, our, our willingness. He needs our trust. He needs our prayers. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so we, we pray and we just do as much as we can to, to be there and to be attentive um, to the, the people, you know, and I, I like to say to people, um, you know, maybe lift your eyes up off of your devices, you know, don't walk around with your phone and just mm-hmm. always looking at, always looking at the latest status update. You have to look at this. You have to do that. And, mm-hmm. you know, if we're not encountering the face right in front of us, we're going to miss out on an encounter, yeah. maybe a very beautiful encounter that was supposed to unfold. So I think we need to be more attentive and allow God's divine mercy to, um, to flow and to, to move through us in those works of mercy you know he's the one but i mean in the works of mercy he 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 works yeah and and again i'm hearing you come back to that theme of encountering grace encountering god in the ordinary and yes and how he can be kind of more clearly seen there sometimes than in the obviously grand or the obviously beautiful the whatever He's in the neighbor. He's in the beggar. He's in the homeless person. He's there. He's there behind all of it. Um, what is it about? Um, how does how does the divine mercy message and devotion help us to see that? Help us to become more attuned to that reality of grace in the ordinary. Hmm. Yeah. You mean? You mean seeing? Not um, expect. So can you say that again? I'm well, sorry. Well, you kind of, like you were talking about Faustina encountering Jesus in the disguise of the beggar. Um, yes. And I know that you have had that friendship with Mother Teresa who also had that habit of seeing seeing the person, but also seeing the person behind the person to a certain extent, seeing God behind the beggar in the street, the homeless person, what have you. What mm-hmm. is it about the the message that Jesus gave to Faustina and the call he gave to Mother Teresa that helped them to see him in in kind of in the lowly or in the ordinary. Right, right. Well, I think um, trust, you know, trust in him and the people that he would put in their midst. Mm-hmm. For instance, St. Faustina, the ordinary, some of the ordinary people were not just the beggar at the gate who, you know, her heart could go out to and just really love and give him that soup because he's hungry, he's mm-hmm. out in the cold rain, but to the sister, the cranky sister, who's constantly picking on her for not cleaning and dusting her room well mm-hmm. enough and things like that. So God puts these people, God forms, you know, the saints and yeah. all of us um, and gives us the graces to uh, cooperate. You know, we are to cooperate with those graces. And so once we do cooperate with the graces and once we are praying, I think we become more attentive to all of these little details. Like I always say the nitty gritty details of life, you know, all of these amazing things. And when you're in tune with, you know, God, you know, the Holy spirit working and you start to notice, start to notice a lot of things and you start to know deepest part of your heart, that that person really deserves love. That Mm -hmm. person might be hurting so much and there's no one could help with those. You know, of course God can, but God is appointing you to Mm -hmm. help heal those wounds right now by maybe smiling, by maybe not speaking back, uh, not, not even um, 
having an ill feeling toward them. You know, we're, we're human yeah. and that could happen. And God says, working through those, Jesus told St. Faustina, working through, even when you're feeling like you don't want to do this, or you feeling, he said, actually, it's even more powerful that you've moved your will to mm-hmm. do the good, to do the good. So I think, you know, God puts these people in, he put the people in Mother Teresa's life, the person she could have stumbled over in the gutter, the person, you know, Princess Diana, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, before her or myself, a suburban housewife or the people in the convent, everybody that came into her midst, she knew she needed to love of Jesus love, same as St. Faustina. So when we are a prayerful person, when we are striving for sanctity, mm-hmm. we start seeing that it's in the little things. We start seeing that it's in ordinary life. It's in ordinary people. Yeah. The, the, the grandiose things actually do happen in those little moments that might seem very, 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 very little, like yeah. a little, I think it has a lot to do with moving our will and moving out of our comfort zone. God mm-hmm. gives us the grace. And once we make that move out of the comfort zone to actually approach that person who you see could use a little help or you sense and you approach them lovingly. And then all of a sudden you see that tear in the corner of their eye and then they start opening up and then an, an amazing thing happens. Yeah. You know, so it's being attentive and it's uh, seeing and knowing that God, you know, needs us to reach mm-hmm. out with those works of mercy and not just, you know, wallow in, Oh, God loves me. And I have all this mer- mercy <laughs> right yeah. here. You've got, you have to give it, give it away. So I don't even think I answered your question the right no, way. I think you did. I think you, you went into some very important things there. Mm-hmm. Let Thank me, you. let me ask you a little bit of a sideways question then. What's the most yep. unexpected or surprising truth about divine mercy that you encountered in your work on this book? So that's, that's another hard question, but I think maybe the one thing I could say is Mm -hmm. that we should never underestimate God. You know, Mm -hmm. he's all powerful. He can do He can do anything and he's in control even when, and perhaps especially when it all seems lost, you know, we, that's when we really need to cling to him. We Mm -hmm. need to trust him with our lives, you know, totally trust him. And he told St. Faustina that he's sad when we don't trust him, you know, imagine God is sad. And yeah. when we do, well, amazing things happen when we trust him, because not only does he flood our own hearts with so much grace and mercy, but he told St. Faustina that it overflows to all around us. So mm-hmm. he helps others through us, through our trust of him. So when we trust in his divine mercy, it's not only helping our own souls, it's helping all of those around us. And that's not even with you know, doing the work of mercy, that's with accepting his, trusting him and accepting his mercy. He showers it upon everyone else. So as I said, he's all powerful. We can never, never underestimate him. And one of the things I learned, you know, um, about the power in in divine mercy from St. Faustina is that, you know, she teaches us to make many, many acts of trust when Mm -hmm. we're enduring a struggle or a challenge or you know, if we're doubtful or we're being persecuted, whatever it is, you know, we tell Jesus, we trust him, we trust him, Jesus, I trust in you. And many, many times, even when she was so plagued by doubt and so much darkness over her, when she was just feeling crushed under the weight of everything, just making that act of trust didn't mm-hmm. take it all away, but it gave her light. Sometimes it gave her hope, it gave her like some lightness. And I found that in my own life too, even in the writing of the book, some yeah. of the, uh, 
as we both know, there's spiritual warfare involved in, in leading a religious, I mean, a holy life. As, as there is good, there is evil. We know there's a spiritual battle. And so just saying, Jesus, I trust in you as, as I'm, you know, struggling through the, the work or whatever. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, here comes the inspiration. Here comes a little more strength. Here comes. So we need to trust God. We need to tell him we trust him, you know, and, and to operate in that way. Yep. And to really wholeheartedly trust him. Yep. So why is it that it's so important? Talk to me a little about, about the role that we play in in the church, in the body, that, that my devotion to divine mercy matters to my brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah, so that's that's a great question. Well, let me try to think of how to answer that. I can maybe compare that to something that saint faustina learned when she uh, when she was in a private retreat with jesus okay and, and he was talking to her and showing her about the power and prayer and um she learned that she needed to pray longer mm-hmm. and we all need to pray longer we all need see because jesus in the garden what did he do did he give up when he was sweating blood and when he was so crushed and everything. No, he prayed longer. So it was a big revelation to St. Faustina. And I think that's a big thing for us that when we, if we just go along and and just kind of get by and we're not really doing exactly everything we should do and praying longer for the rest of the body, for the rest of the body of Christ, you know, we might be missing out on what could happen, what could have helped someone else. Like for instance, St. Faustina said we could frustrate the will of God, we can yeah. frustrate his design, his plan. And so I know I'm not being very elaborate <laughs> in the way no, of- that's all right. I, the reason I wanted to follow up on that was just, I know that <laughs> so many people are so frustrated about their their relatives or their friends who have fallen away, um, formerly good Catholics from their parish who they don't see anymore at, at church. And just, uh, it, it seemed important to help kind of give our listeners that hope of your, your devotion matters, and it matters to the people who- yeah. It may seem like it doesn't matter to at all. I just wanted to explore that a bit more. Um, yes, and, and especially, sorry to interrupt, but to pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet as often as you can, not just at 3 p.m. or mm-hmm. you know when you wake up in the night, and to pray for the souls that especially need it right then, and for your family members. And the very powerful prayer that Saint Faustina learned, you know, from Jesus, the blood and water prayer. Mm-hmm. I believe it's very powerful, and I pray that for relatives. Um, you know, people that we're, we're concerned about. So I think our part, like Chris was saying, is, is so important um, to pray, to just continue to pray and to offer sacrifices, to make little penances, you know, whatever we can do to help the others, because that can help them to come back, you know, come back to the church. Okay. What's one insight from the diary that you absolutely have to share? Well, that, see, that was one of the things I was thinking of about okay. how when Jesus was sweating blood, you know, mm-hmm. he, and having being so crushed and going through all of that, being deserted and all that, what did he do? He prayed more. So I remember when I learned of that, it really helped me because there were times in my life when I thought, oh, God doesn't really need my prayers that much. I prayed. Yes, yes, I prayed. But I didn't feel sort of the urgency, like, mm-hmm. you know, that I think I should have felt that, yeah, we need to, because we don't want to frustrate the plan of God. So yeah. I think that was a big one for me. In, in learning about, um, I mean, I already 
was beyond that point, I hope that, but years ago, you know, I, I didn't really understand that mm-hmm. you know, God does really need our prayers because I thought he's God. He doesn't really need our prayers, yep. <laughs> but he, but he, he, yes, he realized he needs our prayers and we need to, um, to pray, to help others get to heaven. Because like I said, we don't want to just try to get there only on our own. We need to be that light to others, that spark, you know, that, that big dose of hope that we yep. can be just in the way we lead our lives. Okay. All right. And people can find all of this and more in your book. So I wanted to just really quickly kind of run through 52 Weeks of St. Faustina, weekly meditations. Talk about sort of the process of doing each of those chapters. Sure. So I broke the book up into four different parts. Mm-hmm. Like part one would be the, the ordinary life and part two, merciful life. Three is the interior life and four is the mystical life. And there's... Um, I know 10 to 12 chapters usually mm-hmm. in each part of the book. And so like with a, um, a typical chapter, like I'll just open up and uh, just go to something. Let's just see here. Uh, I'm sorry. Okay. So chap- week 23, for instance, mm-hmm. is uh, you did it to me. Mm-hmm. And that's you know, Jesus's words, of course. Uh, so it's about mercy and so we, we start with a verse and then we go into like a teaching and a lot of it has um, a little history too. it follow this book follows in chronological order saint faustina's life i meant to say that the diary is such a treasure so, so beautiful and i i love it so much but some people are a little bit intimidated by it because they don't realize it's not written in chronological order because mm-hmm. saint faustina actually burned her diary because the devil tricked her into doing that Mm -hmm. then she rewrote it to have to she had to recall what she had written and write the new uh, revelations and installments in the diary so in writing this book 52 weeks with saint plastina i i had to research and read her life uh, from some credible sources to to know her life and to be able to put it in chronicle chronological order Mm -hmm. so each chapter, in addition to being the topic of the book, will also bring you, as you start from the beginning, from infancy, mm-hmm. you know, throughout her whole life. So this gives the reader a little better idea of, of you know, how her life unfolded. And so the chapter will give a teaching, will give mm-hmm. a little bit about her life, and then it ends with something to ponder, to give you kind of a summary of, of what you've just read. And it gives a suggestion of a merciful action um, that you could do sometime that day or that week. And it ends with a prayer of mercy for this week. Mm-hmm. So I like to say that you pray, you know, if you could pray that prayer every day that week and try to carry the theme throughout the week and perhaps look through the chapter, you know, again through the week and mm-hmm. try to carry out those works of mercy. So it try, you know, that I try to, um, you know, give this retreat, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whole year but i some people have told me they couldn't wait and they just read right through it and um as you know and i say that's perfectly fine if that's what you want to do but i hope maybe you can go back and take more time to like savor and yeah and that kind of thing so you can read it whatever way you want you don't have to start in january it's for any time of the year you can just pick it up and and start through you know going through it that's great thanks so much for being with us today donna marie Oh, thank you so much, Chris. It was great to be with you. Thanks for having me on. 
to order 52 Weeks with St. Faustina, A Year of Grace and Mercy, please visit shopmercy.org. This has been Sparks of Mercy. Thanks for listening. Pray for me. I'll pray for you. Jesus, I trust in you. I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Thank you.